Can we just pray a minute? Oh, Jesus. Lord, I feel your presence here this morning. I'm thankful for your presence. I'm thankful for the presence of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, I want every word that's spoken this morning to be of grace and of mercy and of your word, which is truth, oh God. Oh Lord, bless this word this morning in Jesus' name and have your way in our hearts this morning, Lord. We give you full control in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to look at a subject this morning that's a little bit heavy, but very, very relevant. A passage of scripture. We spoke last week, I think it was last week, or maybe that was the week we had prayer, about our high priest, Jesus. And I gave some of the examples and the duties that were the high priest duties in the temple and what they were to do and how they were to do it. This morning, I want to look specifically at the anointing oil. And I know that I've talked about this last year once also, but this is a bit different. So I hope you'll excuse that. It's kind of hard sometimes to, I don't want to repeat myself all the time, that's really boring, but sometimes the subject comes up more than once, and I think that's okay when the Lord gives it to us that way, and I hope you do too. And I'm calling this the spirit of truth and the antichrists, and you'll see why in a few minutes. So as background, if you would please turn to the book of Exodus chapter 29, and you've probably figured out by now that I absolutely love the book of Exodus. I think it's one of the most moving and spectacular and learning uh, books in the Bible, and I, I really enjoy, uh, actually I like all of the Pentateuch, but I like Leviticus and Exodus the best, I think. We're going to read in verse, from verse 5 through verse 7, and this is Exodus 29 again. Verse 5, And thou shalt take the garments, and put upon Aaron the coat, and the robe of the ephod, and the ephod, and the breastplate, and gird him with the curious girdle of the ephod, and thou shalt put the mitre upon his head, and upon the holy crown, and put the holy crown upon the mitre. And verse 7, Then thou shalt take the anointing oil, and pour it upon his head, and anoint him. Now you know that the ephod was the ornate garment that God instructed Moses to have hand made specifically for the priest. And they had different parts to this garment called the ephod. And you remember that there were pockets in it on the breastplate portion where the Urim and the Thummim were kept by which God would impart knowledge and wisdom through the priest to the people. And the curious girdle was just, it meant that it belonged as part of the garment of the ephod. It was a portion of the garment that God had instructed them to make. 
and it signified the office of the priest as one of strength. The belt signified the strength and the power of the office itself. And Aaron was anointed with the oil, signifying the special position and the set-apartness, the sanctified position to God, and he was to be holy. And now if you just turn over a page to chapter 30, beginning at verse 32. And I want to preface this by saying that a shekel is about a third of an ounce by measure, and that a hen is about one and a half gallons by measure. So verse 22, chapter 30. Moreover, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, 500 shekels, and of sweet cinnamon, half so much. Ladies, have you ever baked a cake or baked something and you put too much cinnamon in it, it becomes what? Bitter, yes. So half the amount of the sweet cinnamon, even 250 shekels, and of the cassia, 500 shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of oil olive, a hen, about a gallon and a half. So the olive oil was to be the carrier oil for the spices to infuse and go through. And thou shalt make it an oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. And it shall be a holy anointing oil. And thou shalt anoint the tabernacle. Now we just read of the oil of anointing for the person, the priest, the, the uh, position that was going to be anointed. And now God is saying, you take this compounded mixture and you're going to anoint the holy tabernacle of the congregation with it and also the ark of the testimony and the table, and all of its vessels, and the candlestick, and its vessels, and the altar of incense, and the altar of the burnt offerings, with all of its vessels, and the laver, and its foot, or base. And thou shalt sanctify them, that they may be most holy, Whatsoever touches them shall be holy. And thou shalt anoint Aaron and his sons and consecrate them that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, This shall be a holy anointing oil unto me throughout your generations. And upon man's flesh it shall not be poured Neither shall you make any other like it after the composition of it. It is holy, and it shall be holy unto you. In other words, don't misuse this. Don't mistreat it. Don't take it casually. Don't take it for something that it wasn't intended to be. And verse 33, whosoever compoundeth any like it, or whosoever put, it, put any of it upon a stranger shall even be cut off from his people. 
And we know that this is language that meaning that means you will be put out of the camp and you will die away from your people. So God was serious about not only the anointing oil for the priest, but that which he was compounding specifically for the anointing of the implements in the tabernacle. And he made it very clear that they were not interchangeable. They were each holy, and he specifically said, teach this to your future generations, and not to use one for the other. And he felt it was so important that he implemented the death penalty for anyone violating these instructions. In 1 Samuel 9, you don't necessarily have to turn there, I'm just going to read uh, two verses, I think. Uh, is another example of the use of anointing oil. You remember when the children of Israel demanded a king and God said it was not so. From the beginning he did not intend for Israel to have a king. But he heard their cry and he set aside Saul. First Samuel chapter 9 verse 10, excuse me, verse 15 now, a day before Saul's coming, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel, saying, About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him to be prince over my people Israel. And he will deliver my people from the hand of the Philistines, for I have regarded my people because their cry has come to me. Chapter 10, verse 1 of 1 Samuel. Then Samuel took the flask of oil and he poured it on Saul's head and he kissed him and he said, Has not the Lord appointed you, anointed you a ruler over his inheritance? So God himself chose the king Saul, even though his desire for Israel had not included a king. He wanted the priest and the relationship with him to be all that they needed, but they desired and they cried for a king. And how is this relevant to me, you might ask? Well, I said all this to get to where I'm going. Now, if you would look at 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. We're going to read verses 18. Little children, and he's speaking to the church here. It is the last time. And as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is the last time. Verse 19, they went out from us. They, in parentheses, parentheses here, you could, pre, you could say, they pretended to be one of us. They embedded themselves with us. Going on, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they may be made manifest, or it may be made very clear by them that they were not one of us. Verse 20, and this would be my text for today. 
But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. All things pertaining to salvation is what he's referring to here. But I have not written to you because you know not the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. For whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. Listen, no matter what they say, if they deny the Son, they cannot have the Father. It is written in the Word of God. And they are antichrists. For whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledges the Son hath the Father also. Amen? Verse 20. But you have an unction from the Holy One. And what is this unction that the Apostle John is speaking of here in this passage Well, I looked it up, and boy, was I thrilled and surprised to read that it is something that is smeared on. It is wiped on. It is a scented unguent or an ointment of a thick consistency, a sweet oil or a perfume that is applied to the body. It is the anointing, it is the the ointment of the Holy Spirit from which all, when all gifts and graces flows to the church and which is typified in Exodus 29 that we just read of the anointing oil. It is the same also in verse 30 or chapter 30 that we read. It is the ointment of the priest and the ointments for the tabernacle anointing. It is the balm of the Holy Spirit. And John said, you have it in you because you've accepted the Christ. You've accepted the Son and he has taught us truth from lies and the antichrists are the ones denying Jesus and telling the lies and that's how it's relevant to us today you want to know who the truth is coming from look to those who accept Christ those who know him as savior and those who have that holy spirit flowing out through them That's the one that has the truth. Psalm 45, 7 says, You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Here's your test. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of the joy above your fellows, and your garments are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia, from the anointing oil that was poured upon us. God has given us this anointing in the form of the unction of the Holy Spirit. And he has taught us all things pertaining to salvation. 
including the discernment, the ability to discern truth from lies. And that is why this is such a critical message for today. Because in 1 John, he goes on to warn them about those deceivers who were with them, but then went out on their own, teaching and preaching a different gospel and denying the power and the, the divinity of Jesus Christ. And he said, stay away from them. Have no fellowship with them. And he went on to say that intermingling a little bit of truth with lies contaminates the whole and it all becomes lies. So we need this anointing oil of the Holy Spirit. It's what this church was founded upon. I remember it from my little four years old I can remember coming into this church on a Saturday night for revival and I don't remember who the people were I just remember being here we had three rows of seats and my mom and dad sat right in front of where Michael and Nancy are sitting probably two or three rows they had three little girls and we all had our pajamas robes house slippers and curlers in our hair ready for Sunday morning service Service. And that's how we were brought to church, to seek the Lord, to learn about the Lord, to get revival in our hearts on Sunday night. Janie, you were here too, but you were sitting right about there because that's where your parents would have been sitting. And I don't think Gail ever had a curler in her hair in her life, but maybe. <laughs> I certainly remember it. And I could point ones out. I know Cheryl Dryden and her mom and dad sat right in front of us, right there. And she had curly hair. She didn't need curlers. But I'm telling you, this is a real thing. And it goes back as far as I can remember that the oil, the dripping oil in this place, the unction of the Holy Spirit coming out in this place to a dying world that is being lied to and they don't know the difference. Amen? I'm asking the Lord for more and more and more. I struggled with this message this week. I had it written completely differently. And I just put my pen and paper and I had three Bibles laying on my, on my desk and I was just getting nowhere. And I said, Lord, I don't know what's going on. I knew all of these pieces, but I started in 1 John and I said, Lord, maybe I'm supposed to start in Exodus. <laughs> and I undid the whole thing and turned it all around. And I think that was the right thing to do this morning. We start with the oil that was given to the priests and to the tabernacle and to the kings. And then we come to the church. Amen. We have that unction. We have that Holy Spirit within us. And we can discern the truth from the lies. So what I said was, Lord, smear it on. Mess up my makeup. Mess up my hair and my clothes. I don't care. Smear it on me. I want more and more and more. And I know that's symbolic. I know that it comes from the inside out. 
I want more. I want that adornment of the ointment that comes before him. And he looks and he says, oh, I smell your garments. I smell that sweet savor. I know they're my children because I recognize their smell. Have you ever wondered how animals know which one is their kid and which one belongs to somebody else? All those, all those farming uh, videos that I watch all these cows outside, they have, you know, 120 cows and they all give birth in April. And all these little baby cows running around and they do not stay with the mother the whole time. The mother goes off and eats and leaves the babies. How do you think those cows know which one is theirs? They smell it and they know it's their baby. And they only feed their own baby unless there's some problem and they can make it work. Oh, to be adorned with this oil, this joy of gladness that he's given us, the gifts and the graces that he's given to the church. Would you stand with me this morning? I know you want it too. I'm not the only one. I said, Lord, however it comes, I don't care if you just dump it out of the ceiling onto us and it starts pouring on us. Or if it comes up as a vapor in the floor, I don't care. I don't care if somebody else brings it to us. I just want the real balm of the spirit, the oil, the glistening beauty of the oil of the anointing on me. Father, this morning you are the giver of all good gifts to the church. Oh, God, it says that it would flow out of us a river. Oh, Jesus, we, we are asking you that as, as children this morning, Lord, children that you recognize, children that you smell that sweetness in because your son indwells us, Lord. Give us more. Give us more of this anointing oil, Lord Jesus, and let it saturate our skin and our clothing and our hair and all of us, Lord, so that we are fully covered and fully coated, fully protected, O oh God, belted with strength and power like the garments that you instructed Moses to create for the priests, O oh Lord, and equipped with the power of your word. Father, we're so thankful that you did give provision to the church, that we are not to be weaklings and little mousy things standing in the corner, but you gave us power and you gave us strength through the Holy Spirit and through the belief in salvation that your precious son has bought for us, for we are bought with a price. Oh, Lord, we just ask that you honor this cry this morning. You gave the children of Israel a king because they cried. Lord, we cry unto you this morning for your power to be poured out immeasurably upon us. Oh, Lord, we just thank you and praise you. We look to you as the giver of these gifts, Lord, for none other has these power, this power to give but you. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. 
Oko shapakatasi yamokoto yamakatai. Oh, Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you that you didn't leave us here, a church without power, a church, Lord Jesus, without direction. No, but you gave us the unction, the unction of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. And, Lord, I pray for each one that is not well today, Lord, that your touch Oh, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would hover over them. Lord, I, I call out Barbara this morning. God, I pray for a special warmth of the Holy Spirit to be upon her today in Jesus' name. Whatever her need is, Lord, I pray that you meet her need today in Jesus' precious name. Be with Bob and Terry as they traverse those snow-covered hills where they live, Lord Jesus, and protect them. Oh, Father, we just thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy and your grace to go with us. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen.